Fitness is your ability to cope with and recover from stress. And the best way to level up both your mental and your physical fitness is by making small but powerful changes to your daily habits and routines. With this podcast, I aim to bring you a combination of short educational solo casts and slightly longer conversations I've had with a wide variety of fascinating people. The goal? To help you develop a lifestyle which supports your mental and physical fitness and improves your overall quality of life. My name is Jay Unwin. Welcome to FitBody FitMind. Welcome back to Fit Body, Fit Mind. And today I have with me the creator of Brand Confidence, award-winning brand strategy and design and lover of coffee and cartoons, Danny Matthews. Danny, how are you doing today, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm glad to be here. So I think it's the first health and fitness related podcast I've been on. So, and uh, yeah, I've got a few things to say about that. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. And it's it's about time, given the number of times that we've tried to book this in <laughs> and failed miserably to do the recording. So it's been a long time coming. And what I like as well, you know, you say this is your first um, health and fitness related podcast. And most of the guests I've had on this podcast are for the most part, health and fitness or coaching or, or something relevant to that, whereas obviously you're not. And so it, I think this is going to be an interesting one to, uh, to, to, to hear as we go along because it is going to be coming from a slightly different perspective. I guess a more normal person, real world perspective than a fitness perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope, I hope people will get something from it who may, you know, may have been through a similar thing to me or have a similar, in a similar headspace, I, yeah, I suppose. For sure. And I think that um, I, for, from, from what I... From my experience, real world stories and real world experiences are much more valuable in a lot of ways than the usual dry kind of informative but boring fitness stuff. And I think the fitness industry is quite rife with that. It's a lot of people trying to educate people, which is great, but, you know, stories and experiences are way more powerful in a lot of ways. So I think that's, uh, that's definitely a good way to go. But... So, I mean, the first question really is, what does fitness mean to you? Like, how does it fit into your lifestyle? What is it? What? How do you? How would you define it? Tell me about your your perspective on fitness. What does fitness? It's a good question. It's a big question, um, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite thought provoking because I think we all have some story or some journey around health or fitness, either or both. Yeah. Um, for for me. I was always the fat kid at school. Um, I'm very, very, very comfortable saying that now, uh, obviously. But I was, I was easily, I was like an 18, 19 stone, 13 year old sort okay. of thing, and I was a big guy. I always, I'm six foot one as well, so like people were just a little bit scared. But I was probably the most shy, introverted kid at school. So they just didn't match up very well. It's like the big friendly giant sort of thing. Okay. Um, and I guess it always played on me, but I never, I don't, looking back, I don't know why there was never that motivation as a kid to like get your ass into gear. But uh, I mean, I, I did a, f- a few stints in like rugby and sports and a few things like that, but I always felt a little bit embarrassed almost that there'd be a fat kid playing sport. So I was, I was kind of discouraged in that way. But as the years went on, there came a point where I was like, uh, I lost weight as I grew up. 
slowly. So over the space of probably about seven or eight years, uh, I slowly dropped off the weight, whether it's because of lifestyle changes, but it wasn't intentional to the point where I think I was about 15 stone-ish, 15, 16 stone, uh, when I decided that actually I need to do something about this. And I just came across this um, uh, a book called, it was an American book, and, you know, just like there's loads of these diet things around, but I came across this book called The Metabolism Miracle, and that's that actually sparked a lot of interest in, like, why am I fat? Like, what, yeah. why am I overweight? And what, what can I actually do about it? Because there was a lot about metabolism and your pancreas and how things work. And so I got really interested in it. And just through that, uh, me and my wife went on this bit of a diet and, and I lost a load of weight to the point where it was almost like the doctor was saying, you need to go and eat a burger. Yeah. You're, you're looking out. <laughs> too far the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a bit of a weird one. But I mean, to answer your question, what does fitness mean for me? What does it mean to me? It's more of a, I guess it's a, an understanding between me and my body, like my mind and my body that uh, you need to keep this thing up if you want to do certain things in life, you know, to play with your kids. Uh, go on these trips, go hiking, climb. Uh, I'd love to do more rock climbing and stuff like that as my boy grows up. So yeah, I guess it's just it, it's just a thing that I need to connect with, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And sometimes I know this is more about uh, uh, as well as uh, body. It's more about mind as well. And to be honest, it's kind. Of, sometimes I think I don't want to do it, but I have. I kind of have to because. Yeah. <laughs> It gets me thinking about the things I want to do in the future. So I guess it's all linked. I think that that what you said there about an understanding between your mind and your body, I, I love that the, the kind of imagery that that conjures up in terms of this this understanding or this um, this this agreement that you've made to go right. I've got certain <laughs> things. I've got certain things. <laughs> you know, your your mind is going. I've got I've got these goals and I've got these activities that I want to do. Whether it's you know family stuff personal stuff business stuff i've got these things i want to do and body you have a role to play in these and you've got to hold up your end of the bargain this is this is our understanding uh and i picture this as like my, that my head is going i want to do all these things and my belly goes you gotta move your ass then fatty yeah like yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on but think- my, my head's going i don't want to do that yeah, you know, but my body is saying, "Look, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna have to work on stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the, the well, what you mentioned there about you know not wanting to do it all the time. And this is something that I talk about quite a lot in terms of motivation because people are there's an obsession in general, and you will get this obviously in in health and fitness a lot, but you get it in business and things like that as well. And I'm sure you get it with you know people the businesses that you work with when you're doing branding and, and stuff like that is the, this this obsession with motivation where they like oh, I I want to do this but I just can't get motivated or I can get motivated but it doesn't last very long and I I lose motivation. There's this obsession with and reliance upon motivation. And there's, motivation is just a feeling of wanting to do something. That is all motivation is. It's If you're motivated to do something, it's I want to do it. It's a feeling. And some days you are not going to want to feel like that. Whatever it is, whether it's fitness related... Whether it's your whether it's your habits around working out, whether it's your habits around cooking a you know a, a, a healthy meal with loads of veg and cooking from scratch, or um, you know going to bed in good time, or could be business stuff, making calls, whatever it happens to be, these these habits that you have to do on a daily basis, you're not always going to want to do it. You're not. 
And to expect yourself to is naive, I would say, and not in a not mm. being a, not in a nasty way, you know, not in a kind of having a dig at people kind of way. But it's we've been sold this idea that motivation is the key, but it's not. Motivation, yes, maybe to get started, but there's there's that resolve, that discipline to do the things that you know you've got to do even when you're not motivated because it's it that that's where the that's where the gains are made that's where the progress is made that's what moves the needle is when you do the things when you don't want to do them right so let, so let me ask you something because I, I i've struggled with this Go for and it. i would and even even very recently there's been like what i just said about there about the minds and agreement with the body and all that kind of stuff that's very recent for me because not so long ago i had i had personal trainers in my inbox like telling me that they can achieve all results yeah and i had to say i haven't told you i want them results yeah 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 well i don't i don't want to do it yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you can tell me i can get those results without doing it i'm good but until you can do that and the, the reason that this kind of attaches to what you're saying is there was a time where i, I was really frustrated because I had all these personal trainers that were trying to get my business, but none of them could answer a really simple question. And oh, that was, you're going to put me on the spot now, aren't you? No, no you don't. Have to, I, <laughs> no, I'm not go for it, mate. Go for it. Go for it. I'm not scared. I'm not scared of you, Danny. But the question was, how do I make health and fitness more of a priority? And I, I know that the answer is. Danny, I can't fucking do that for you. Like, you are, <laughs> like, I know that, but I was so frustrated because I kept thinking, I know it's, I know it's an important thing. I just don't want to do it. Like, it's not. Yeah. I had so many other things going on, like I'm running a business, having a child, now having another child. You know, there's so much going on that I just thought, if I had to write a list of all the things that were yeah. important, yeah. my health and fitness would not be at the top even though I know it should be, right. is the important part. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and part of that comes down to like, I love what I do as a business and, a, and as a job so much that um, sometimes that means sacrificing other areas of my life. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like, uh, if I have to choose between exercising and drawing pictures, I'd draw pictures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically. Okay. Yeah. Because that's simply. what I love doing. I love, yeah. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, it's always been quite an interesting dynamic for me, I think, knowing that it's so important, but just not having the motivation to do it. Let's be honest. I mean, that I th most people, and indeed most people who are probably listening to this can relate to exactly what you've just said. Now, I can relate to what you've just said, and I do health and fitness <laughs> like i've 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 coached people um in in health and fitness and habits and exercise and and what they're eating and lifestyle and all the rest of it for pretty much the past 10 years and i can relate to what you're saying and i think this is the this is the understanding that that is a real eye opener for so many people and a a, a a kind of it can be massively empowering when when this realization occurs and that is that you're you're not broken if you feel like that that is literally the the the, the standard that is the exception not the rule um and the reason is or at least my interpretation of this and and you know this is only from my experience but i feel like that if people find the idea of health and fitness overwhelming and like it's another thing on their to-do list which is already too long 
that it becomes easier for companies and individuals to sell people things which promise an easy uh, an easy path to results. And so I kind of feel like there's a cultural ingrained uh, kind of societal belief ju- that just has really come about through you know, marketing and advertising more than anything else. And I know, obviously, you know, marketing and advertising is is part of your world when it comes to branding. Um, mm. And so I'm, I imagine that you've seen plenty of companies who go, I don't know, when you're studying branding and studying marketing and you see companies which make people feel bad about the way they are now so that they can sell them something to make them feel better, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So I feel like that's kind of where that belief has come from. And there's two sides to it. There's, there's two sides to it. There is the belief that you don't have enough time or energy to do the things. And then on the other side, there is the belief that the things that you've got to do take a lot of time and energy. And those two things don't fit together when you're looking at the puzzle of your life because you think yeah. this, this massive piece of health and fitness does not fit into the tiny space I've got left in my life. Yeah. And maybe there's a third piece there where, you know, you talk about having your health and fitness further down the priorities list, even though you know it should be near the top. What I take, I mean, my understanding when you said that is that it is at the top really because you know it should be, but it's the the actions are further down the list in terms of doing them, not in terms of whether your health is actually important to you. Because for most people, mm. their health is going to be at the top, if not in the top three, because yeah. without your health, you haven't got your family. Without your health, you haven't got your business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the actual actions which which people have further down the list and yeah. so, and so the way to fix that the way to fix that which takes time takes a little bit of takes a little bit of effort because you're trying to rewire the way you approach things um but it saves you a huge amount of energy and time down the line is number one to remember that your health will impact every other thing on your priorities list that you think is more important. So it will impact, if you're if you're fit and healthier, you will be a better parent, a better partner, um, a better business owner, a better, you'll, be, you, you'll have more career success. It, it literally impacts everything because it's your physical capacity and your mental capacity to cope with and recover from stress in life. Um, so understanding that it will impact. So if your business is your number one priority, then your health and fitness is too. If your family is your number one priority, then your health and fitness is too. And then in addition to that, is realising that actually it's not huge things. It's not huge puzzle pieces that you need to fit in. It's tiny little puzzle pieces, like mm. like your ha- like a habit, drinking a glass of water when you wake up, um, like doing going for a walk around the block on your lunch break, and just tiny little things like that. It doesn't have to be an hour and a half in the gym six days a week, which is what's been sold to us for decades only really since the 80s, I guess, because that's when fitness really got big. But it's been sold to us since the 80s that it's the gym and it's diets and it's all this absolute bullshit that we don't want to do. And once we realise we don't have to do that stuff, it becomes more accessible. Anyway, I feel like I've ranted. I feel like you you got me on a rant, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to say that, you know, you were saying about the marketing and advertising side of things. Maybe I've been trained by marketing and advertising companies uh to listen out for cues and no one has given me the cue yet i was was just thinking that no one when people contacted me no one gave me the thing i needed to hear to be able to buy whatever they were selling no one's no one said 
the th- and actually, now I think about it, there was one thing said by a business coach of mine. So a guy in the US, Greg, um, who's my coach on a business side of things, I remember him telling me about this guy. And I, and, uh, I won't do him justice because I can't remember his name. Um, I wish I could. But he, re- he told me about this process that he learned called Core 4. And as soon, and literally the minute he stopped talking, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And the idea was that there is four different parts of your life that you always have to work on. And they kind of act as a ladder, if you like. So if you think of it, that the four things were body, being, balance, and business. Okay. And they're in order. So if you think about it as a ladder, body at the top, most important, being next down, then balance, then business. Uh, I won't go into all the details of what they are and, and what's included in them, but basically he was just saying, if you feel like any part of your life isn't working out the way you planned, you can identify from this ladder where you need to focus your time. For example, if body is at the top and business is at the bottom, if something is going wrong in the business, things aren't going the way that you planned, things aren't going... Uh, to to your towards your goals quick enough or whatever it might be look on the uh, we usually look at the business we usually go what's wrong in the business what do i need to fix but actually the business isn't the problem it's usually the bit before it and in this case it's balance right so if you haven't got the balance right uh, you know and there's several things included in that then something's going to go wrong in in the business if you're balance isn't right say maybe your relationships that's to do with relationships and stuff so there's a relationship that's not going well business relationships personal relationships whatever it might be then the problem isn't in the relationships it's the lab it's the step above which is being which is more about like journaling and meditation and and making sure your head's straight basically um and if if you're finding that you're unfocused uh you know your head's not in the game whatever it might be the likelihood is that the problem's not in your head, it's in your body. So you need to go back to the body and figure out, you know, start listening to your body. Is there an illness? Do you need to work out more? Is it fitness? Yeah. That kind of thing. And it's funny that fitness, that body was always at the top. Yeah. So, so if we start with that, it's funny, isn't it? You start with fitness and then you feel better about yourself. It puts you in a better headspace. Yep. You, you go about your relationships in a more positive way and your business does better because the rest of your life is getting is is getting better by increments if you like and honestly the moment he'd said that i, I just went yeah get it i yeah. get that yeah it yeah, makes perfect sense sometimes it is the those things that just click and i i, I think what you're referring to if i'm if i am correct is the um is garrett j white is that the name of the guy yeah that um, sounds wake about up right. wake up warrior Yes, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So like so I've yeah, I've seen the same thing. Um and it's what I love is taking little bits from different people because like Garrett J. White's done a bunch of stuff that um is very outspoken on a lot of things. There's certain things he said which I completely disagree with, but that part it just there's no arguing. <laughs> there's no arguing with that. That is that is completely um makes makes like i said it just makes sense it's a simple system you just go yeah that does that everything has a knock-on effect it's not these areas of your life aren't isolated everything is linked together and Mm. 
fitness is not an add-on. It's not something which you tack on to an existing lifestyle. It's something, it's a thread which runs through every single other area of your life. And that's the the way it's been packaged up, again, like I said, since the kind of 80s, really. I mean, prior to the 80s, fitness, the fitness industry wasn't really a thing. You know, it was athletes doing fitness mm-hmm. and and it wasn't, you know, you'd have a few people in the gyms, but they'd always be your bodybuilders or or maybe athletes and amateur athletes and stuff like that if they were playing a sport but people wouldn't go to the gym for for a pastime unless they were a bodybuilder and since then it's been packaged up and you've had like your aerobics and you've had like all of these kind of different things which have become one of the biggest and fastest growing markets in the world this whole thing and the way it's been packaged up is this adds on to, to your life. This is something you do in addition to the things you're already doing. And that's why it becomes mm-hmm. overwhelming because it's like, wait, you mean I've got to do that as well? I've got to look after my kids. I've got to do my job or run my business. I've got to keep my my house in order. I've got to, um, you know, sort out sort out my self-assessment taxes. Sorry, that's just forefront of my mind at the moment. Um, <laughs> but I've got all of these things and I've got to go and do like a spin class. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like, don't yeah, give me yeah, something else to do. You're mm. supposed to be making me healthy. This is giving me something else to stress about. And stress is pretty much the most unhealthy thing that you can have. And and if you look at a country like... I'll use Japan as an example, because I really like Japan, uh, the kind of philosophy around well-being and fitness and yeah, stuff like too. that. Mm. Now, they don't... The, people don't really go to the gym over there, again, unless they're, like, properly into fitness, like, properly into fitness. Um people stay active through being more active in their life they they walk more the average number of steps taken by a japanese adult is double that of the uk or the united states daily steps the the uk is about is is the uk and the states are about between three and four thousand steps a day is the average adult which is not a lot um this is obviously only recording the audio but for the benefit of anyone listening danny pulled a very kind of <laughs> shocked cringing face then but it that's is three going. to four thousand yeah that's the yeah. that's what i like to call the mechanic face you know where they pop the bonnet up and they go <laughs> yeah. and you just know it's not going to be cheap this oh, isn't going to be cheap is it this is going to cost you <laughs> exactly but oh. it is that's you p- popping up the bonnet on british lifestyle and going ah uh, this is gonna cost you <laughs> because it is this is not working smoothly you're only taking three to four thousand steps a day as an average as an adult in the uk that's insane um in japan it's about seven thousand i believe and and that's not because they are going and walking on a treadmill it's because they are more active just culturally that's just what they do if they go out to the shop they'll walk if they go um if they go out for a meal in the evening they'll walk if they go to work they'll walk to work they've got a great public transport system in most of the cities and and there's lots of walking areas and stuff like that so people can actually can actually do that they're encouraged to do that um Mm. and they've got better eating habits as a rule as well because if you look at i won't go into huge depth but i actually did a a really good podcast episode if people go back and have a listen to the one with i can't remember what episode number it is but it's with kaki okamura who's a who's a japanese um, writer and she writes about japanese lifestyle and well-being and stuff and it's fascinating talking about the food and the approach to food and the small dishes and only eating until you're 80 percent full rather than stuffing yourself like like we tend to do in the uk but it's not because they see fitness as something that you add on to your life. Mm. It's because it's a thread which runs through. They just go, yeah, this is how we live. It's not 
another thing on the to-do list. And that is such a fundamental difference and why they've got the lowest obesity rate in the world. They've got the highest percentage of centenarians, the highest life expectancy in the world. Um, and sorry, when I say lowest obesity rate, lowest obesity rate out of all kind of um, ec- what are called economically developed countries. Um, I think they are there's like four or five countries which are very slightly lower, but their obesity rate is something like 4.7%. And the UK is 26.8%. And theirs is 47 And yes, that's only one health concern. Obesity isn't what it's all about, but it, as a population, it's a good indicator of overall lifestyle. And you just think that's from a country that doesn't go to the gym. For the purpose of the jury... Yeah. He wasn't re- he, he wasn't reading them stats. They were they were bang on off the top of his head. Yeah, they might have quite, been they might have been amazing. completely wrong though, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Seventy three percent of statistics right are all made up. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty sure those are those are you know they might be point one of a percent out, but I'm pretty uh, pretty confident with those because I found it fascinating and so they've stuck in my mind mm. because I've just gone hey, that that's that's not that's not an irrelevant <laughs> piece of information. You know that's. That's something which really shows why these countries yeah. are so different, and I think that yeah, more we. I draw the, a lot from Japan. It's, yeah. um, Japanese culture has always been quite a fascination for me. I, I grew up uh, as a you know wanting to be a designer, and um, and my, my big dream was to move to Japan and animate cartoons for a living. So I, I kind of got my fascination from there, and then it moved into food and culture and all those things, and. Um, it's amazing what you can achieve. And, you know, a lot of what uh, obviously you talk about is habits and things. And that's all it is, really. Ja- yeah. Japanese have got into a really good um, habitual lifestyle. Yeah, Everything is like, you know, it might seem a little bit boring to a lot of us that they, it sounds, on the face of it, it sounds like wake up, like walk to work, work, walk home eat again kind of thing it sounds pretty boring but actually that the habit things are the things that make the difference and the japanese have that down yeah and it's this idea of it's it's almost like another another word that you could use is like ritual and mm-hmm. japanese culture again from the outside i can't i can't claim to be an expert on it at all but there's this feel of ritual uh, kind of inherent in the culture even making tea is can there's such a history behind that in japan that making tea is a ritualistic process it's not right bung your tetleys in the cup hot water (laughs) you know what i mean bash the the kettle on love yeah yeah. it's, it's this it's this british culture of speed and convenience that we've um i guess adopted from the states as well like a Mm. a big degree because certainly hasn't come from europe because europe um european mainland has a a whole different slowed down pace around eating you look at the french taking um as a as a culture they'll take a longer lunch break from work Mm. than the british will and they'll go and have a proper sit down meal they won't grab a meal deal from tesco's shove Mm. it into their face at their desk and 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 wonder why you know that after years they're not in a good shape physically or mentally because they've got a different culture around food but i think that maybe we've adopted it from from american culture and this idea of bigger is better and more convenient and faster and da 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 da. and it's um it's pervasive and it's become it's very it's very hard to unpick sometimes unless we start small it can Mm. become overwhelming just to go oh wow i've had these habits my entire life you know this 35 years of doing this stuff 
how the hell am I going to unpick that? And we want yeah. this, we want this Amazon Prime results the next day, mm. and our, li- our our health isn't going to change that quickly. My um, my stepdad's pretty ill at the minute, right? Like, to the point where he he died at one point and got brought back to life, and it was and all of it was completely lifestyle, completely just just got into bad habits and they stuck with them and like and most of the time the excuse for not changing it is like how am i going to undo this there's there's so much baggage there's so much to reverse that it's just going to be by the time i reverse it i'll probably be dead anyway and there's this really weird mindset around that and I'll, i'll tell you what happened with him it's um so he's He's a big dude, man. He's like a humongous German warrior guy. Right. <laughs> he's, he's just massive. Um, and he, uh, so he's had a pretty bad lifestyle. He's really overweight, been smoking for years. Um, and actually, I, I am still the only one in my family that has that quit smoking. Everyone else still smokes. Right. I, I smoked for about 13 years and, and quit. Uh, I quit to have a child, actually. Yeah. Um, because we went through some um, fertility treatment to have our first child, uh, the, the doctor said we're not going to give you treatment unless you quit smoking, and that was like last straw. Um, but that was like a strong purpose of, of why I did it. If that yeah. wasn't there, I probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's like a heavy smoker, and one day he he was sitting in the hospital um, having some tests done because he'd felt some pains and and trouble breathing and all sorts, and. Uh, they said, we're going to keep you in overnight to do some tests. And he just said, no, not a chance. I'm going home. Discharged himself and went home. This right. was on a Sunday. On the Monday morning, he woke up and said, I'm not feeling good. Um, went back to the doctors. This was within 12 hours yeah. of him being in the hospital. Um, went to the doctors. He walked into the doctors and um, and the GP said, you need to get up. You need to go to hospital right now. And he went to hospital, had a heart attack on the way there. Um, when when the nurse and the doctors were looking him over, it looked like he'd had multiple heart attacks in his wow. sleep. He had a stroke in his sleep. All this stuff was happening. He had no idea um, until he had that one heart attack on the way to the hospital. And um, he was lying on the bed, uh, attached to a machine. The nurse was at the end of his bed, and she dropped a pen and stuff and was just like, I don't, I don't know what is happening. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, he's obviously scared at this point. Yeah, yeah, of course. And he was like, what do you mean? And she said, your heart rate's over 300 beats per minute. The machine can't even read it. Yeah. It's that high. Um, and then another nurse came in and said, we've just had results back. I'm so surprised you're alive. Gobsmacked yeah. because we've just looked behind, we've just looked at some scans. You've got a blood clot behind your eye that has basically stopped your blood hitting your brain and killing you. She said, you shouldn't be here. And we're going to have to do some serious work, um, uh, but we don't know what to do yet. Like, we've got to think about it. You're going to have to stay in for a few days. Turns out, and, you know, for anyone who's considering uh, maybe listening to this thinking, shit, you know, I've been smoking for a bit. I need to sort my life out. This is now what he has to do. He has to get on a treadmill every day, every, um, I believe it's every two to four hours, he has to get on a treadmill. 
and walk on the treadmill to the point of almost having a heart attack because that's where his heart needs to be in order to strengthen. Yeah. And then he has to put this drop under his tongue to stop him from having a heart attack immediately, then to sit down again. Wow. And then he has to get up and do it again every couple of hours. And he has to do that to strengthen his heart back up because yeah. any any sign of anything else happening, it, the blood clot behind his eye would like pop or something would happen and he would just be dead. Yeah. For you to be that close to death and then for me to get on the phone and be like, how are you feeling? And my mum's like on, on FaceTime chatting away and he's in the background. He said, I'll be back in a minute. I was like, where the fuck's he going? And, <laughs> and for my mum to go, I was just going out for a fag. I was like, I'm done. There is nothing that you can do for him. Yeah. Like that. And that's, that's really hard. Yeah. Like for my mum as well. But this is the point that you get to if you keep saying, this is irreversible. I can't reverse this. This yeah. isn't like all this stuff you say to yourself when you know, if if he would have just started a year ago, ju- just a year ago, just to start picking himself back up and doing something, yeah, I think you'd be amazed at the progress someone can make. But instead, he's gone the other way. So it's just a matter of time, unfortunately. It's it's usually, I mean, stuff like that is, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that he's, you know, he's had to go through all that. And I'm sorry to hear that you guys are obviously having to watch someone you care about going through all that as well, because it is, it's hard. And the the change uh, that has happened over the last kind of 50 to 100 years where most people died of infectious disease, and now it's mostly lifestyle disease, you know, heart disease mm-hmm. is the biggest killer um, in the in the world, I believe now, um, heart disease kills more people than anything else, and you just think that's that's astounding that 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 that's it's the pendulum has swung that far that way. You know, people dying of malnutrition um, are outnumbered by people dying of eating too much. Um, again, not the not the only cause of it, but the prime one of the primary causes of it, and it's it's that lifestyle and sometimes you can have a real i guess a shock that makes you stop or a a big thing like a big motivator like like you said about the fertility thing where it's just like you know we're not going to give you the treatment unless you stop smoking and something like that you go right cool done then and suddenly it becomes easy and you're like oh that's interesting that that's now an easy decision to make but then for other people i mean i think the difference there is that you know, there's there's a positive that you're trying to move towards rather than for him. It's almost like the motivation would be a negative that he's trying to move away from. Mm. But the negative being death, it's about as negative as it can get. Um, but it seems so close, perhaps, to him that he's like, well... It's gonna, it, uh, like you said, the 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 idea of reversing that or the idea of making changes now seems pointless, and just go well. You know what? Like, I'm 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 on my way out. I might as well enjoy myself and yeah. keep smoking. And I, I completely get it. And you know, the thing with smoking is it's slightly different to things like eating and stuff like that because it is a physical addiction. Nicotine is a physically addictive substance. Um, and so it's a whole different ball game, and yeah, it's not as easy as just changing habits. And I don't want to gloss over the challenges with addictions, whether it's smoking, drinking, or anything else. But it's if you were looking at habit change again, like to kind of use use him as an example, but 
I guess, referencing people who might be listening to this. If there's anyone who kind of hears that and goes, oh God, I don't want to get to that point. Use that as the newsflash. Use that as the lightning bolt. Use someone else's challenge. Use someone else's um, catastrophe even to just go, you know, I, I don't want that to be me. And and it can be hard to put ourselves in other people's shoes, but sometimes even if there's just one person listening to this who goes, I've wanted to change these habits around my lifestyle, around what, what I'm doing. And it's not, yes, we talk, we've, we've mentioned weight a few times because it does affect things, but it's there's people listening to this who are a healthy weight who know they're not healthy. There's, I guarantee you there's people listening to this who smoke and drink heavily, they do no exercise, they eat a very poor diet, they're not overweight and so they think they're getting away with it. Um, and I know this because I was that person. <laughs> I've never been overweight, but I've been fucking unhealthy, I can tell you that. And there'll be people listening to this, but don't, like, don't try and do it all at once. Don't be overwhelmed by this kind of if you keep going that way, this is how you're going to end up. But just go, just bear it in mind and go, right, what's one little thing I can change? You know, and it doesn't have to be quitting smoking. It could be just starting by going from 20 a day to 18 a day. That's a step in the right direction. And you probably won't even notice it. And then you go from 18 to 16. And then a few weeks later, you go from 16 to 14. And some people go, no, I just need to quit outright. And when I quit smoking, that's what I did. I was just like, boom line under it job done but for for most people that's not sustainable unless you've got that a, a lot of support around you and you've got a, a certain kind of mindset for most mm. people if you want to gradually reduce it in steps that are barely noticeable eventually you'll be down having 10 a day five a day and you'll be like do you know what i've come this far and i'm feeling loads better for it and the idea of going from five a day to nothing is a lot easier than the idea of going from 20 a day to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And actually if it, um, if it helps anyone that, so there's two ways that I tried that both were fairly successful, but the, the second one is the one that I quit on. And that was, so the first one is there's, there's this thing. I, I remember being a smoker and I remember there were times there were triggers and times where I would smoke like, and it would usually be first thing in the morning uh, after a meal while I was having a coffee like those kind of attachments that we have to to certain times when you smoke and one of the things I tried to do was first get rid of the the betweens so if I didn't have a reason to smoke I just wouldn't do it so I actually stuck with well I'm gonna smoke when I get up first thing in the morning because that's when I usually have one yeah like the first one of the day or whatever and and this might sound terrible to some people because it's like it's like encourage someone to smoke first thing in the morning, but and it sounds crazy now, but that's that's the mind of a smoker first yeah. thing when you get up. So, but after that, like between you know on your drive to work, for example, if when you usually have one, then just quit that one. Yes, there's no point in that one. Yeah, just don't do that one. And then when you get to work, if you like start work and then you have a, a, a lunch, like a break halfway between morning and, and lunch, don't go for that one. Yeah. And that, But if you have one on lunch, once you've had something to eat or whatever, have that one. Yeah. But the one when you're driving home, don't have that. Do you know? So if yes. there's no like specific thing that it's attached to, you just have one because you usually have one, then get rid of them. Yeah. And you'll find that you end up going from 20 to about six. Yeah. 
because they're attached to specific things. And yeah. then it's much easier to say, I'm not going to have the one first thing in the morning now. Yeah. And then eventually you're down to three and then two. And then it's like, well, it's pointless me having one a day. It's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean? basically a non-smoker now. So. <laughs> yeah. And now it seems a little bit pointless, So you yeah. either, which is tough because you, you either then go up to two or you get rid. Yeah. And when I eventually just said, you know what, I'm just going to, that's me done. I just, um, I put myself in this, like, you know, people talk about gamifying things. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan that of that. That is why. So this is, this is how I quit. I said, I'm not going to smoke for a week. That was it. And I was like, it was a challenge. Yeah. I was like, let me just do a week and then I'll be happy. Yeah. And I did a week and then I was, and then I thought, God, it'd be horrible if I had one now because I'd have to start that week again. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of headspace I was in lasted for months. Yeah. And by the time I got to six months, I was like, there were times where, you know, people say about the times where they're like, oh, I'd love to have a fag now. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and honestly, that was, four or five years ago I, I think i quit yeah. i still have them days now but i think if i have one now then four or five years start again yeah and really piss me off <laughs> mate it, it's the exact same psychology that's used with i i i got obsessed with this game on my phone and um there i mean t addictive technologies fascinate me because it's this understanding of human psychology and habits yeah, and stuff like too. that but the logins daily logins for rewards on on games is an absolute fucking yeah, killer exactly. it yeah. is like like oh if you if you miss a day like it's let's say it's a seven day run of certain rewards and each day that reward gets a little bit bigger so if you manage to do a seven day streak the reward on the seventh day is like way better than the one on the first day and you just like before <laughs> yeah. you know it you've played this game every day for two and a half years and you're just like what is wrong with me <laughs> And it's all because the people who've designed the game know exactly yeah. how the human mind works. And that's why I love the concept of gamifying things, because with that, you can harness the exact same desire, that competitive instinct. But the, I mean, even if you just go as simple as, and, you know, to, to kind of tie in with what you've said, if you're marking off the days... If you're marking off the days, and it's like the twelve steps programs for for like that they use for Alcoholics Anonymous and stuff like that, where you get like um that that coin or medallion for however many days sober, and yeah. it's just like and then when and then when when you um fall off the wagon for want of a better term, you go back one day sober, two days sober, and it's like yes it happens of course it happens and you don't need to be perfect but however this the, the human mind does not like breaking a chain it does not like breaking a chain and mm. so if you put a cross in a box for every day you've done a certain habit when there's not a cross in that box it feels horrible oh man yeah. does that feel horrible <laughs> and and so you're using the same thing of like that's something that most people have 99.9% .9 of people like I'm sure there's exceptions where people don't care about that stuff but it's something that is real like just a, it's how we're wired and if we can understand the way our brains work and if we can understand the way we're, we're kind of we're set up to behave we can work with it rather than against it and those yeah. little things can can add up vastly so if we were using the same thing about kind of quitting smoking but we're, we're talking about something a lot smaller like um 
the examples I always use are things like having a glass of water when you wake up or doing mm. 10 squats before you get in the shower or walking around the block um you know, before you start work and a lot of people working from home now and people do this thing called like a um, a fake commute where they like to get the head in the zone for the day. They go, they like walk around the block, come back in, right, home is work now. And then at the end of the day, they go back out, walk around the block and they come in and work is off and it's, it's home time. But things like that, there's loads of benefits to these things, not just the physical activity, but if you then in your diary... If it's just a normal diary and you just put a little tick on each day alongside all the other bits and pieces you've got, like in your diary of the things you've got to do, but you just put a little tick or a little cross off the calendar on the wall or whatever it happens to be, or you could print off a grid or you could do it on Excel if you're a massive geek. And then, you know, you can you can do these things and you can see you want those, you want that streak to continue. I mean, if you look mm. at Snapchat, Snapchat, capitalized on this with their streaks of messaging and stuff like that and it having to be every day and yeah. <laughs> it's it's if if you can if you can get addicted to habit to changing habits which serve you and move you closer to your goals then you have i hate the word hack right because it sounds like a shortcut but you've essentially hacked your human psychology to do stuff that is actually benefiting you rather than spending two and a half years playing a marvel superheroes game on your phone yeah you know, a couple of years ago, I, li- I live in this little village called South Cerny. It's just uh, it's a, one of the surrounding villages of a very small town called Sirencester. And uh, you, like it's a little market town. You wouldn't think anything of it. But inside this hidden historical building from hundreds and thousands of years ago, big stone thing, is a company called Neon Play. Right. And I met this guy once called Ollie Christie. Fascinating guy. And he is like the genius of all gamification. He's incredible at this like human psychology through games kind of thing. And he has a group of people building games based on human habits and emotions yep. and uh, and behaviors and those kinds of things. And so I'm a little bit like you, I find that stuff fascinating. Um, and so the, the conversations I've had with him are just like mind blowing. The, the kind of habits that we inherently have as humans and how you can tap in with them by just little things like ticks and and it made me think of like you know these apps that are like did you work out today every like randomly when you press yes it will come up with really <laughs> and then, you know like did those you, kinds of things that make you go just in case you're trying to game the system it yeah. plays with your emotions like tell me the truth yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah because it's not the same when you if you tick the box let's say you tick off you're you're doing something like you've got a habit that you're trying to put in and you tick the box saying that you've done it but you know you haven't you feel just as bad if not worse than not ticking the box at all <laughs> you're yeah. just like because you know no one else is looking at it and you're just like who like who am i trying to kid <laughs> yeah just... and you find that on the calendar you have like tick 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 and then you have like this squiggly blob because you went tick and then thought oh, i'm an idiot scribbled <laughs> it and then we're like oh well i'll do it and then i'll tick it again and you just end up with this biro blob yeah. and I you know. just look, look back and you go that was a bad day yeah, um, was, <laughs> yeah, exactly that was a bad day and i think the thing is as well is like if you do have a break in it there's um if you if you've got a habit that you're trying to put in and you're talking about let's say you it's a workout a daily workout and you have a day where you don't do it that's not the end of the world right so or we're talking about 
doing it every single day without fail. Life doesn't always happen that way. You might break your leg and end up in hospital or you've got to go and do something else or the kid's ill or whatever happens. There might be stuff that gets in the way. Um, I remember reading something once which said, one day where you don't do it is cool. Two days is the start of a new habit. And I thought that's quite a good way of looking at it. So if you didn't do it yesterday, you definitely have to do it today because otherwise two days in a row, that is the start of a new habit. And another thing that's quite like, which which often happens is if you've done a, a streak of 10 days and then you have a, um, a streak of 10 days and then you have um, uh, the next, the, uh, you have a break, like a day off and then the next streak you go, well, I'm just, I'm going to do more than 10 days before I mess up this time. And then you go, oh, hey, you end up doing like 25 days. Brilliant. And then you have a day when you and, and you slip off. Okay, well, I did 25 days last time. Let's see if I can beat 25 days. So yeah, there's exactly. other ways. It yeah. Even if you can't manage to do it every single day, there's other ways of still using that gamification to... Um, rather than just go, well, I've had one day, so I might as well bin it all off entirely. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's another thing which people do, right? They just go, I've had one cigarette, so screw it. I'm going... Might as well crack on. Yeah, exactly. I've had had one Jaffa cake, so I might as well eat all all of the Jaffa cakes. Um, It's that's... That doesn't really make any sense when you break it down. It's that whole analogy of, I've got a flat tyre, I might as well slash all my other tyres as well. (laughs) It's just mental when you think about it. But but we all do it. And so if we go, oh, you know, I've I've missed a day of going to the gym or I've missed a day of doing my walk around the block, so I'm never going to do it again. I've ruined it. I might as well go back to having a... Mackie's breakfast every single day instead of my walk. Um, yeah, that's not how it works. And so, rather than rather than that kind of feeling like that's what's going to happen, and rather than kind of thinking, um, you know, it, it, being obsessive about it having to be a daily thing, there's other ways. There's other ways of doing that and going. All right, I know that I'm not going to do it at the weekend. So I'm just going to be doing like blocks of five. I'm going to do blocks of five ticks. You've got to make it work for you because the habit, it varies depending on the habit that you're trying to put in and it varies depending on the person and what your lifestyle is like because my lifestyle is different to yours. Yours is different to someone else's who's listening to this and that's their their lifestyle is different to their you know cousins. Everyone's different. And so you've got to look, right, what's realistic for you? Work to the edge of that so you're pushing your limitations a bit, but don't try and jump so far outside your comfort zone that you're just going to fail instantly because you're, that doesn't do well for long-term motivation. You want to start easy. You want to get points on the board early. And and so start with the easy stuff. You know, you're talking about which cigarettes to quit and go in, right, just pick one cigarette to quit. If someone's having 15 cigarettes a day and you go, right, which one of those would be the easiest one to quit? Not which one would be the most effective one to quit or the most important one to quit. Which one would be the easiest one to quit? Because if you start with the easiest one, you feel good and you can harness the smugness to then pick the next one. (laughs) And smugness is the most underrated superpower when it comes to changing habits because there is that feeling after you've done something good, you just go, huh, pretty good at this. And that makes it exactly, (laughs) and then and then you feel smug, and then you can continue. Whereas if you try and do the one that you think is going to be the most uh, impactful, like joining a gym, 
it's, it might be the hardest thing to, you know, getting up at five o'clock in the morning and going for a five mile run is hard to do. Getting up at the same time you currently do, but just walking around the block before you get ready, that's not as hard to do. And so you've got to, drinking a glass of water when you wake up, it's not that hard to do. But if you start implementing those ones first, the other stuff can come later. Or in the case of getting up at five o'clock in the morning and going for a five mile run, never, because that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and you do have to make it work for you. I've, I guess I've, um, I've got used to now not kind of bullying myself if I don't manage to do it one, do my like workout one day. You know, if I get up and I just think, oh, fucking hell, something's happened in the business or whatever, and I just uh, th- things change, like the, the days and life shifts. Um, then you know, I've learned not to beat myself up because just get back on it tomorrow. But you're right in saying don't let it happen again and again because then you're building a new habit. Yeah. And you do have to make it work for you. Like I've had to change my schedule recently because you know when the weather changes, for example, I- I'm one of those people that much prefers to get up early, you know, jump out of bed at half five and kind of get out of the house and go and do a workout or go for a run or whatever just because it's easy like i haven't got to think about it i put the clothes next to the bed and i just wake up get out of bed put the clothes on get out no excuse just get on with it but ever since it gets cold like that's easy in the summer but when it gets cold and dark and it's raining you just don't want to do it and that's really tough to get up first thing in the morning in the cold and wet and get out the house so i had to shift my diary round to understands that i'm not going to do that and instead i'll get some I'll, I'll still get up early but i'll get some important stuff done before i start the proper work day um and then i'll do i'll do it before lunch you know i'll yeah. do it at half 11 or whatever yeah and that works much better for me now because it's like i've already warmed up i've already got some really important stuff done in the business and i can spend that hour you know working out or that by, by zoom now but yeah yeah and it's that it's the it's that adaptability thing isn't it it's about things are mm. going to change and if you've got your habits and routines set in stone you're going to find it hard to change with it you've got to have a bit of a bit of flexibility and a bit of bend in your routine to go you know what this has happened i've lost my job or someone's ill or there's a global pandemic which seems like a ridiculous example to use until now um but these things change our routines and if we can adapt to those, then we're more likely to be able to continue on the same journey, just taking a different route rather than having things, no, this is rigid. This is the way it has to be. I have to go to the gym six days a week. Now the gyms are closed. Like now what? Like (laughs) you've got to have that flexibility. Um, Absolutely. I tell you what, mate, we, we could go on and on and on about this. Like, I think we found that we found a really, we found a good flow, but I'm going to have to bring it to a close i think otherwise we'll be here for hours and it'll be like a joe <laughs> joe rogan three-hour podcast like yeah. a, a lot of people that i have on i end up chatting like this with and it's just it gets ridiculous um but <laughs> to finish on if there's someone listening to this who's you know like us busy family business career all this stuff going on which a lot of people are and they're feeling overwhelmed and they want to make some changes and they want to change some things in their daily routine and they know they want to have more energy and they want to be fitter and healthier and take more care of this and not go down um, a a, a path which they know is going to be self-destructive but they're not sure where to start would you have like a a suggestion of where to start or a piece of advice or just one or two things that you think would be uh, would be a good starting point for them? So there's this thing that I do um, in the business that I think actually anyone could do 
uh, in any situation um, that could be adapted um, called the perfect week. Okay. And it's this idea of like color coded time blocking in your diary. Um, and so uh, I guess to adapt it to anyone, really, what I would do is write down the things you want to achieve in the week from a high level point of view. Yeah. I want to exercise. Uh, like I want to exercise four times a week. I want to make sure I do yoga twice a week. I want to make sure I spend some time with the kids. I want to make sure I do this. Well, I've got to go to work. I've got to do this, et cetera, et cetera. Make a list of the things you want to do to make sure you're looking after you and your family and your lifestyle and building some habits. Yeah. And then color code them, literally color code them. You can do this on an Excel spreadsheet if you fancy, but you know, just write it on a piece of paper, color code them, get some crayons, and they love a bit of that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then once you're done, block out the time that you want to spend doing them every day or throughout your week, and create like this visual pattern of this is when I'm going to do stuff because it matches my lifestyle, what it's got to do. It hasn't got to be fixed. You can change it in the future, but this is how I know. So this is what I did when I said I changed my routine recently. Uh, I looked at my calendar and all the colors and thought, oh, God, my workout's first thing in the morning, but the weather's crap and it's dark. And after about a week, I realized I'm going to have to change this. So I just shifted around some of the colors. So, yeah, if you listen to this and you're thinking, how am I going to fit all this in or, or how can I start building these habits? Um, the really easy way I've done it is by doing that, because once you've done it from a high level point of view, you can then put it into your real calendar, whether it's on your phone or whatever. Uh, and it's always there. You can just tick recurring every Monday or every Wednesday or every day, whatever you need to do. Uh, and it's there. And then as and when, uh, I guess this is more for people who are planning their business every Sunday or whenever you do your planning for the week, go into each block. And if that's like fulfillment for your business, change that to, I've got to do stuff for this client, got to do stuff for this client for an hour, got to do stuff for this client for an hour and a half, that kind of thing. And you'll, f you'll fill up your kind of calendar every week with what, what you're committed to that week. Yeah. And I found that a really easy way to just make it a norm, I guess. Yeah. So like uh, when I look at my calendar every week now, it's like, oh, so five times, four times this week at half 11, I'm going to do my workout. And then once on Saturday, uh, Saturday morning before the kids get up or whatever, um, it, it become it tells your brain like this is this is going to happen by default. Yeah, this is this is not a decision you have to make. Yeah, this is just what's going to happen. And share it with your partner, your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, kids, whatever you want. Like, this is what I'm doing for the week. And be proud of it. Like, make sure that other people know this is what you're committing to. And you'd be surprised. They really take notice um, of the commitment that you put into to doing what you need to do yeah. for that week for your health and lifestyle and, and whatever you need to do. So, yeah, that's my little... That's an awesome one, actually. It's something I do as well. And um, I've not called it a perfect week, but I'm going to change it. I'm going to write perfect week on it now because that is, and no week it ends up being completely perfect. And I think that calling it a perfect week is actually quite powerful in that you know that that's what the ideal would be, but there's flexibility within that if there needs to be because you, you don't expect it to be perfect every time. And, you know, the way that you were talking about changing things within the calendar for things like i mean you use the example of fulfillment and doing things for certain clients and stuff if you had um activity like workout whatever on there um and then when you're planning your week you say you've booked in to go for a walk with a friend or you're going out for a bike ride or you're going to do a um 
uh, a Zoom workout with someone or like follow a YouTube video or something like that. And then you can plan that in for the week as long as it's some kind of physical activity. It doesn't matter. Variety is the spice of life. You don't have to do the same thing every day. It doesn't have to be weights. It doesn't have to be a run. It doesn't have to be yoga. It could be different every day and it could be a different routine every week. Um, but if it's the same time each week, then it becomes much more habitual because you go, right, at that time I do this. It's like what you said mm-hmm. about those cues and triggers for the for the yeah. particular thing. And so and that's exactly it but because it's um, – I remember I, t- I spoke about this with my coach once it's, and he called it like freestyle in a framework yeah. where you have this yeah. thing all laid out but you can do what you want between there. So sometimes it will get to 11.30 and that's like my workout time and I've got to jump on Zoom with like a group class or whatever. Sometimes I'm like, I don't really want to do that. I just fancy going out for a run, to be fair. So I'll go for a run. Like you haven't got to stick to, <laughs> to exactly what it is. But so my block is yellow and it's and I call it self. So yeah. stuff for me. That yeah. doesn't mean stuff with me and my wife. That doesn't mean a family walk. That means me. Yeah, that's selfish time. Yeah. So I have blocks in there. And, you know, some people say, because uh, I I talk about it on Facebook and stuff that I have a, sometimes I just sit and draw yeah. like on my iPad or whatever. People are like, how do you get time to do that? I'm like, because it's scheduled in. Yeah. I literally, there's a block in my calendar that says draw. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, people think that, on Wednesday or whatever. Like, people think scheduled. stuff like that is, is, is selfish, but it's, it's wisely selfish because looking yes. after your yeah. looking after yourself is it makes you a but if it's time away from work it will make you better at your work and it's time away from your kids it makes you a better parent you if you are constantly doing a certain thing you get worn down and it's not it's it's not a bad thing to admit that and so mm. having um i i think i remember hearing someone refer to it as enlightened self-interest. And I like that because it's like, (laughs) I'm going to look after myself so that I can look after you, you being kids, spouse, clients, whatever. I'm going to look after myself so that I am the best at what I'm doing for you. Um, So it's not selfishness, it's enlightened self-interest. That's what we're going with. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enlightened self-interest, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it I'm doing it for me so I can do it for you as well. Exactly. Exactly. Look, Danny, it's been absolutely epic having you on. Thank you so much and I'm very very glad that we finally got this scheduled in uh talking yeah, about weekly schedules and stuff and flexibility <laughs> <laughs> that changing things when needed. Um but yeah, I, we'll have to do this. Uh this is the like if there's anyone listening to this, this is kind of the last episode of this run of episodes episode 50 and um i will be taking a break for a little while so anyone listening to this go back and listen to some of the older episodes there's absolutely tons of value in there um but when i get back uh get back to it later on in the year i reckon that we should have another conversation mate amazing yeah i've loved it yeah awesome thanks for having me on cheers for coming Thank you for listening to Fit Body, Fit Mind with me, Jay Unwin. If you aren't already connected with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook, then you can find all the links in the podcast description or on my website at fitbodyfitmind.online. Until next time, stay fit, stay well, and have fun.